What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Reportedly, the Bulls are looking to re-sign Nikola Vucevic on a three-year deal. We're going to talk about why the importance of the three years is there, and we're going to talk about possible center replacements if Vooch does not reach an agreement to re-sign with the Chicago Bulls. We're going to go into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm Hayes. You can follow me right off the top at CEO Hayes. That's CEO H-A-I-Z-E. You can also follow the show at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform that we are on. But let's go ahead and get into it. So it came out yesterday that the Bulls are more so eyeing a three-year deal with Nikola Vucevic in their contract extension talks. Now, if you remember correctly, back when it first uh, was released that the Bulls are, are opening contract discussions with Nikola Vucevic, I marked a three-year deal as being the kind of the smartest bet there, right? Yes, it does put you outside of the timeline of when Lonzo Ball's contract ends and comes off the books. But at that point, you make Nikola Vucevic an expiring contract and it is possibly movable at that point in time. I think the three-year mark for that in the Chicago Bulls, it just makes the most sense. You have an aging center that while his game is not based anywhere remotely on athleticism, you now you 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 lock him in for three years. You can move on from him at, at that point in time if you need to, right? All those things still are in place. Um, and you don't, it's not long-term money. Now we don't know the exact number on the deal yet. So, right, he could be re-signing. And I do think if it's not going to be four years of the full five-year extension, he's going to probably get closer to $20 million than the, maybe the 18 and a half I was initially hoping that they could re-sign Nikola Vucevic for. But at the end of the day, you're still getting a top 10, and like I said, more like top six center in the NBA, even though some Bulls fans will have you believe Nikola Vucevic is horrible, and you're, and you're, and you're getting a player, locking him in throughout, at that point in time, his contract will end after his 35-year-old season. So, uh, yeah, and I know the, the the prospect of paying a big man twenty plus million dollars at thirty five, uh, it brings its own set of questions and things like that. But listen, as much as some Bulls fans shit on Nikola Vucevic, Vuce is not a bad player. And yes, he has his limitations defensively. We all know that. But I think that locking him in for three years, the using hopefully those three years to find his eventual replacement as well. Whether you do it with your next year's draft pick in 2024 when you own your own first round pick or whatever you do that gives you a timeline to say hey we have a center in here who's a double double machine who's going to come in and, and give us at least that yeah we need to support him better with having better defenders around him and next to him but at the end of the day you lock in a double double machine for three years and it gives you that amount of time to figure out survey the landscape right see if you can find another young center that you can develop or anything like that over that time I think this is the smartest deal. And I think no, no matter what, if they end up moving on from DeMar or anybody else, like Vooch is one of those centers that can fit on any roster, right? Yes, he has his limitations. Offensively, he can fit on any roster. We actually have a voicemail as well today that gets into kind of what some of the ways that I would like to see Vooch used at times. And we'll talk about how, how the Bulls can maximize that investment going forward. But 
ultimately, this, this three-year deal sounds about right for Nikola Vucevic. I, I don't have any qualms. I don't have any any issues with that, uh, so to say. Um, it just really comes down next. All right, what's the number? And I and I think we're probably going to get a decision announced about the Nikola Vucevic contract. Now that we're starting to hear years, terms are starting to come out. Do not be surprised if a Nikola Vucevic deal is done prior to the to the uh, draft. And so. You know that that I think they're going to have that locked in. Uh, that that leaves us about 18 days to get that locked in. Even though we have to the 30th, right? So that's not a official deadline. Is the NBA draft officially we have um, until until uh, until the uh, the 30th to get that done? So ultimately, I think they're going to get it done. And I think as we're hearing that, there's more confidence and motivation from both sides to get that deal done. On top of that, now I do want to talk about as well. Who are some replacements for Vooch if Vooch does leave, right? And there's two of them. It's the same two that we've talked about. If Vooch decides not to re-sign with the Bulls, yes, they can work out signing trades and all that, but if they cannot reach a contract extension, the Bulls need to immediately pivot to Nas Reed. Nas Reed, period. And so the reason why I say that is that Nas Reed um, last season averaged 11.5 points per game, 4.9 uh, rebounds per game, and right under a block per game. But his 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 Numbers adjusted to a starting role. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to hit that per se. It's 22 points, 9.6 rebounds, 2.2 assists in 36 minutes. Now, again, the per 36 number is not a whole number. I hate it when people try to use that as saying, this is what that player will average with 36 minutes. That's not what it means. It basically means that with a larger role, it, it tries to project that. Very rarely does a player hit that, even when their minutes do increase. But Nas Reed has shown the upside, and he's a 36% three-point shooter and with the way that that Billy Donovan likes to use I know not every not every center needs to shoot threes but Nas Reed has shown a propensity and ability to hit threes at a high level and because Nas Reed is also an unrestricted free agent since he was an undrafted rookie the the, the Bulls have a chance to kind of swoop in there and maybe use that full mid-level exception to try to steal Nas Reed away now I do not think that Nas Reed brings you everything Vooch brings you I think he's a more active defender as well, a better rim protector. I think a more active rim protector. He's, he's smaller, which I guess may play into what Billy Donovan wants to do anyway. But I look at Nas Reed as saying Nas Reed absolutely is a, a, a potential replacement for Vooch if Vooch does walk. Let me be clear. First, first thing, re-sign Vooch. If you can't re-sign Vooch, then pivot to Nas Reed. Hell, I would even say even if you do re-sign Vooch, pivot to Nas Reed anyway and try to bring him in as your backup. But all right. And then the next one is Jacopoto. Uh, you guys know, I've talked about Jacopoto all, all offseason, right? He is the number one center free agent target on the market if Vooch leaves. That just is. When you look at what he brings defensively, offensively, rebounding-wise, ability to pass, he brings a little bit of everything. Is he the scorer Vooch is? Hell no. Is he a better defender than Vooch is? Yes. Is he as good of a passer as Vooch is? No, but he's a solid enough passer at that center position as well that I think you don't. You don't lose too much there in the passing game. And I told you guys, if you if you key in and watch the games, Vooch's ability to pass is a big part of the Chicago Bulls offense, especially when we're do, when we're rocking and rolling and playing good and winning big games. So because of that, just replacing Vooch with just a center that can defend and rebound but can't also pass would absolutely hurt the spacing hugely on this team. And I think it would hurt more than the defense would help at times. So um, Jacopoto. A, a great player, and I would I would really love to see if the Bulls don't re-sign Nikola Vucevic to take a look at Poto. But all right, let's move off of that. It's Sunday weekend, so you know it's mailbag. We're going to get into this first voicemail. This one's from Matt. Yo, what's going on, Hazel? This is Matt calling from the 847. Um, it's kind of 
just a question I've been thinking about lately. Love the show too, man. Just want to put that in there. But real quick, I got to kind of clap at a caller I seen on uh, the show on uh, the third. I think his name was Freeway. He had a three-way trade with the with the Jazz and the Lakers and the Bulls, right? For Malik Beasley and Vanderbilt, I believe it was. And that kind of piggybacked to like something I was already thinking. We're talking about maybe trading Zach Levine for like the third pick in Portland or something like that. I think we're undervaluing Zach Levine, and we get to watch him all the time, so we're putting this value on him. But I think other teams would look at Zach Levine a little bit more than I think we expect. Maybe not a lot more, but I mean, you'll you'll you see teams unloading the entire ship for a star, right? A number one, KD, anyone like that. I mean, it could be five draft picks, it could be players three draft picks. You know what I mean? But for a, a number two on a team that I think most teams would probably look at Zach Levine as, teams still give up a decent amount for those players. Zach Levine, he's dealt with some injuries. I mean, the situation is, like, good sometimes and bad sometimes for him in Chicago. Like, he could possibly excel a little bit better into somewhere else. I think Zach Levine for Anthony Simons in the third pick, and we have to give him their pick back, I mean, that's, that that should maybe just be the deal right there. And if anything, we might need it sweetened a little bit more for us if they want anything else, you know? I think other teams might be thinking that way, too. So what do you think about Zach? actual value in the market and you know portland has showed their entire hand which is obviously when that happens in sports you might not get what you're expecting for a pick everyone knows they have to trade the pick because dame ain't even if it's scoot even if it's brandon miller dame's like he, he if he's not winning now he actually might get fed up to the point that he heads up to miami so if we are undervaluing Zach Levine. We're going to give him what at an undervalued price and give them their pick back, which helps them get their flexibility back to make moves for Dame, which is a ginormous favor, especially at the deadline. We're going to do that for Portland, and they're going to lowball us for Zach, like an Anthony Simons and a, a third pick. We know that they don't want that pick. Every team does, you know? And that's, I just kind of want to tie that into it, too. My last call is going a little long, but. Um, between between how we're valuing Zach right now, especially when we keep tying ourselves to maybe make a move of Portland, we really have to think about we have all the cards on Portland. I mean, they can trade this year's pace. That's it. So I don't I don't think we, you know, if we have Patrick Williams, you know, or Io or Kobe and Zach and the pick to just to get like three, Scoot could very well be a generational talent. So could Brandon Miller. They could be franchise leading talents, but that's a could be. Like, Zach's already shown that he can help lead a team. He might not be, like, the alpha leader, but he can help lead a team on the court. And, oh, I don't know. I just got to think about it, man. You got to take care of that. And this is something that I have always said. When you are looking at your own players, you do one of two things. You overvalue or you undervalue. Are Bulls fans some undervaluing Zach Levine? Yes, because we see him every single day. We see his faults. We see his mistakes. We see his shortcomings, and those get magnified. Zach Levine is absolutely one of the best scorers in the NBA and is becoming, at least last season, a more active and consistent defender once he was healthy. So, yes, do Bulls fans undervalue Zach? Absolutely. Was that voicemail that we got the other day about that trade for Zach underwhelming? Absolutely, right? You got to stop undervaluing Zach Levine. We have to stop thinking that just because, yes, Zach Levine has some issues with turnovers, especially in clutch time, in crunch time. 
You got to stop because Zach Levine isn't a lockdown defender, making it seem like Zach, you can just, you're going to trade Zach for pennies on the dollar. No, Zach Levine is a max contract player. And I don't care what anybody else says. If nothing else, scoring alone was going to get him the max that he can get from almost any other team. And so you, I love what you said there. Now, as far as the deal, Levine for Simons in the third. Here's what I'll say with that. That's probably more realistic than some people think. I think as well as the Bulls removing, because people say it as we have their pick. We don't have their pick. We have protections on their pick. And that's what makes, that's kind of in a way even more hurtful for the Portland Trailblazers is because if we just had their pick outright, they can say, all right, well, cool. We don't have that pick. We can trade two picks down the road. They can't do that because we have protections on that pick all the way up to 2028. So, um, but I just look at it and I say this, right? The number three overall pick, I think that if Portland moves on from that, they're going to also want to secure their future some. Yes, they're looking to move that pick to add a team around a dame now, right? But they also are going to want some type of protection to if this it does not work out and dame does leave in three years or whatever, they have some future picks. And the one thing the Bulls can't offer is really any future picks. Even us removing the, the, the protections from Portland's pick, they're probably then going to use a couple of those to get other guys. And then at that point, you're looking at, you know, the Bulls maybe adding in a 2029 first-round pick, which I think is the next one that we can offer. But even then, like, I, I just... Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I think the other teams are going to be able to be willing to offer more, especially if it is Scoot Henderson there, right? It really hinges on that. If the Hornets continue to do Hornet-like things and pass up on Scoot Henderson, the, the Portland Trailblazers phone is going to be ringing. It's going to be buzzing. And there's going to be a lot of teams that have a lot of future picks as well. Like, look at the Utah Jazz. They have so many picks that they just realistically will not be able to take from now until 2029, the, 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 the Utah Jazz can offer them to say, hey, we can give you some pieces that can, that can work for you now around Dame, and because we're getting scoot, we can send you guys off. One of my lights died. We can send you guys a future 2028, 2029 pick. We got a whole bunch of them. Which one you want, right? And at that point, the Bulls can't really compete with a team that can give them pieces now and pieces in the future. So it really depends. Like, the Portland Trailblazers will really have to look at Zach and say, no, this is the guy we want next to Dame. And I think that they had a similar player in C.J. McCollum, and they've already seen that may not work. I think that's why you're hearing that in the Trailblazers, in this trade, they are looking more so for a two-way wing 
than just a, another score, so to say, right? But, again, it, it remains to be seen what we're going to do. Hey, we'll see, man. If the Bulls get a move done for the number three overall pick, the way that I'm going to be ecstatic and on this, this show, screaming my lungs out, just be prepared. All right, moving on. We got Shay up next. Let's go and play that voicemail now. What's up, man? This is Shay. You know, have we reached the point where the Super Team era is basically dead? Now, look, I'm not saying that hey, Super Teams ain't going to exist no more, but with the Miami Heat making it to the finals and Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets making it to the finals, and for the past couple of seasons, we've been – Witnessing some teams make it without a lot of super teams, you know. Have we now reached the era of the death of the super teams? Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. All right, so this is a question that a lot of people ask. Is the super error, super team error done? I say that the man-made super team error is done. The 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 the, 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 the times where you get to play, oh, I want to play with this guy, I want to play with that guy, or the, or the team that just thinks, oh, I could trade for these two stars, and boom, we're, go- we're off to the races. I think that error is done. I think the, the new salary cap, Situation with the new CBA help, uh, is going to push that. Push that, and I also think GMs are just going to start being smarter. We saw just this past year so many man-made super teams fail, either by not getting far in the playoffs or forcing their way out via trade. So I think it's going to change some. I think we're going to see the more organic super teams built over time. Is what I think we'll see um, with this new uh, version of the CBA and this new era that we're moving towards in basketball. I think that that's what we'll see. But all right. Let's get into the next uh, voicemail. This one's from Corey Mays. What up, Hayes? It's marvelous Corey Mays. Always hit you with the hey, Hayes. I got a question. My question is, I got a couple of trades, and I was looking at, and I just want to hear your, your thoughts. I got a three-way trade. The three-way trade is the Bulls, the Mavericks, and the Lakers. The Lakers receive Kyrie Irving and a future second-round pick from Chicago. I guess like the, maybe uh, 2026. The Mavericks get Nicholas Vucevic, Jared Vanderbilt, and Rui Hachimura. We get Christian Wood and a top 10 pick for this year's draft. I don't know, man. I think don't no team say no to that. Sound like a good trade to me. My second trade is the Bulls and the Trailblazers. Now, the Trailblazers get DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso, and for a sweetener, we throw them they pick that. So they don't have to worry about that no more, that 2024. We get that number three pick, Cam Reddish, Kevin Knox, and that Simmons boy. What is it, Anthony Simmons? Yeah. And Cam Reddish is an unrestricted free agent, but they can sign him, make the money work. I don't know. Let me know your thoughts on that trade. And my last trade theory and idea that I have, the Bulls trade Zach Levine to the Hornets. We get Mark Williams. P.J. Washington, and we take that bad contract of Gordon Haywood and the number two pick. They get Zach Levine. They compare him with LaMelo Ball. I don't know, man. Sound like some... All right. um, Corey, what, bro, what you smoking, man? Like, what what are you indeed smoking? Let's go through these deals. Trade one. The Lakers get Kyrie Irving in the second pick. Mavs get v- uh, Vooch, Vanderbilt, and Roy Hachimura, and the Bulls get Christian Wood in the number 10 pick. All right, listen. While I... I, I I, I think that you put together a fairly, I guess, realistic deal in a way. But the Mavs have already come out and said they ain't helping Kyrie Irving get his sign and trade. They're not trying to facilitate that, right? And I understand that. Now, I do think that that could be the team playing hardball, and eventually we could see that. 
uh, done anyway. But at the end of the day, uh, I don't know. I don't like that's a lot of moving pieces and that's a lot of signing trades. Right. And we don't really see that level of signing trades done where you're seeing you're getting multiple teams involved and multiple of those players are being signed and traded amongst three teams. That's just that's really hard to do. It's happened before, but it's really hard to do. You're trade number two. DeMar Caruso and removing the protections on the pick for Cam Reddish, Knox, and do you hate the Bulls? Like, don't get me wrong. The number three pick may make that worth it, right? But again, Portland Trailblazers are looking for a two-way wing. Now, Caruso may, ah, Caruso's, like, if you combine Caruso, if they did the fusion dance and you combine Caruso, Caruso and DeMar, okay, maybe then you could talk, right? I just don't know that that's going to be the level of deal that's needed. I, I'll say this. If the Bulls can trade just DeMar Caruso and get the number three pick and Anthony Simons, hey, you do that every day. Now, how does Simons fit next to Levine is a big question there, but I, all right, next up, Mark Williams, PJ Washington, and Gordon Haywood for the number two in Levine. I know the Hornets are a completely idiotic franchise. Do not get me wrong with that, but that would be a fleet. Oh, that's, and Levine? Come on, man. Hey, 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 listen, I hope your 2K um, my career, my franchise, whatever it is, is called now. My league. I hope that I hope that mug is off to my GM, whatever it's called. I hope you're off and running. I, I really hope that you are having fun with that young fella. All right, let's move into the next voicemail. This one is from Michael Corn. Hey, hey, Michael Corn here. Another question for your mailbag this weekend uh, to you uh, and, and your listeners. Uh, this before a day before uh, the second game of the finals, but I've been thinking about the Bulls game in Denver this year and how they played, which was like uh, uh, the, with that in mind, uh, Vucevic, the Vooch, uh, you know, no one knows whether uh, he's going to you know, stay on the team. In fact, no one really knows uh, as a reflection of the Bulls, by the way, like not really knowing or having a clue what they're going to do or what they need next, uh, if they can achieve that, really shows they're on a, uh, they lack a trajectory towards a championship team at this point, obviously. And, like, I don't even know if they have a clue, like, how to get, you know, to be a sixth seed at this point. But in any case, my thinking and the question I have was about the Vooch. If they retain him, what do you think his ability to be a point player on the bull in the Bulls offense, you know, you'll always hear like, "Hey, get the ball into Vooch." Yeah, but that's someone uh, at the point getting it to him. But what about him? Uh, similar to Jokic's game, uh, you know, being more uh, a force and being more active with the ball, uh, and then trying to get it to Levine. So keeping up the same shooting, uh, same rebounds, but maybe his assists go up to five or six. Uh, a game or something like that. Anyway, would like to know uh, your thoughts, if uh, any listeners' thoughts, if Vooch could actually be a, a point center, point forward, and the mold of a Jokic or a Jokic light. Anyway, uh, thank you. Uh, love the show. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Listen, Mike, I, I agree with you 100% here. I do think that if you can use Vooch in a, in a more straightforward point, point center type role, I think that helps a couple. I think at that point, starting Kobe White makes the most sense because at that point, you can use Kobe White in a Jamal Murray type role, and then you can have Vooch. Now, Vooch is not the passer that Jokic is. Vooch is a very good passer and a high IQ offensive player as well. Let me be clear there. 
but he's not the passer that Jokic is. But I do think that you can get away, especially with running some sets like that, I do think that you can get away with running that against certain teams and for certain periods of time. I absolutely think that you could do that, and I would love to see Nikola Vucevic used in that way. But unfortunately, we have Billy Donovan as a head coach. And Billy Donovan making that adjustment, I just don't know if he's equipped, ready, or, or able to make that type of adjustment. But I would love to see. I think that is a that could be a great role for Vooch. And you can optimize your shooters out on the perimeter and some of your off-ball actions at that point in time as well. I think that that would be an amazing adjustment for the Bulls to make internally to, to, to change up this roster some and the flow. And it helps some players kind of learn to move and operate off the ball. Now, we still have our issues with, at times, some of the players on this roster just do not move off the ball. And I think that, you know, once you get that going, you can, you, it, you people can start, players can start understanding the importance of that. And I would love for us to run that type of system. I just don't know if it's coming, Michael Corn, but I think that that's a great observation. I think it's a great idea. And because it's a great idea, I don't know if Billy Donovan's going to do it. All right, let's move into this, this, uh, this next one, this one's from Buddy Love. Yo, what up, Hayes? What's going on? This Buddy Love again, coming at you with an initial take just to see what you think. Now, I know a lot of Eastern Conference teams, especially like rival teams, they don't traditionally make trades with each other, but I'm just watching you know, the playoffs and all that, and I'm just thinking, what if the Bulls were to get rid of, like, Zach Levine? Let's just say they call Boston and see about some pieces that they got over there, like a Marcus Smart, a Al Horford, and if you can get a couple drafts, I think they'll roll with a Zach Levine, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum, you know, trio over there. Like, you know, I'm just thinking, like, it's a couple moves that we definitely can make during this offseason. Even if it's just, you know, for a point guard, a low budget big man, I think Shooter will be a nice addition to the team. And even if you just sign a veteran big man, just to, you know, all right, fam. Listen, we all got to stop. Like, like, real talk. Stop the trade on Zach Levine for Marcus Smart and Al Horford. Marcus Smart and Al Horford. Al, listen, man, what are y'all doing to me, man? Like, what are we doing here? What, what, buddy, buddy, listen, I, man, stop undervaluing our players. If you're gonna trade Zach Levine, you're gonna get a whole lot back than Marcus Smart and Al Horford. And that's not to say that either player is terrible. Al Horford had a really tough series, and I think we're starting to see Al Horford age. But you can get a lot more back for Zach Levine than that. That goes back to that first voice. We got to stop undervaluing Zach. That's not that's not a trade that makes the Bulls better at all, at all. You you added a defender, Cool and Al and Marcus Smart, but at that point you took away one of your biggest offensive weapons and created a new issue. No, no, that's not it. That's this ain't it. This ain't it. We ain't them. That's not the wow. Wow. That's a way to end on a Sunday, right? That's the last voicemail for today. Um, I'll see you guys again on Monday. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys and like liked in every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See red if you can, even though we have no red light. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.